Here I am. Take the sandals from your feet. For the place on which you stand is holy ground. Ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. teach you what to say. But I was their enemy. I was the prince of Egypt, the son of the man who slaughtered their children. You've, you've chosen the wrong messenger. How, how can I even speak to these people? Who made man's mouth? Who made the deaf, the mute, the seeing, or the blind? Did not I? Now go! morning. He promised to be with Moses. Do you believe he promises to be with us? Absolutely he does. He's given the son that we might have life and have it indeed. And he, he gave the son that we might be free. He gave the son that we might declare the freedom to others, that the captives might be set free. You know, this morning, watching baptism, watching young hearts for Christ and 
watching, uh, listening to talking to Nick and Towns this morning, talking about the freedom they have in their Savior. Man, that's what it's all about. It just feels like redemption, doesn't it? That's really kind of the thing in my heart today. I tell you right now, I could listen to that song for eternity. It just, it just feels right. You think God's concerned about your feelings today? Sure he does. He's the God that made your emotions. He's the God of the intellect. He's the God of the Bible. He's the God that never changes. And today we're going to talk about something that could be controversial, believe it or not, in some churches. I just want to go ahead and throw it out there. God primarily speaks by his word, and the body of Christ said, but our God is alive and well, and he speaks to those that know his name. Did you hear what Mo read? It says, the sheep know his voice. They know the voice of the shepherd. The shepherd is the Lord Jesus. And when you know Christ, you discern, you learn to know the voice of the Almighty. It's an awesome thing. And one of my jobs and roles as pastor is to help you learn to know how to hear from God. So today we're talking about hearing from God. The whisper-led life that God would whisper to us. I, I still can't hardly get all that figured out, but God whispers. How many of you are glad God whispers? How many of you have heard a whisper? You're sitting in a church because of a whisper. I was doing theological studies at Emory University, Candler School of Theology in Atlanta. God began to speak to me. We had a great student ministry. Life was happening. Lives were being changed all the time. It was awesome. And God began to give me that small, still voice. And he began to whisper about a change is coming. I've got something new for you. And he began to whisper about a faith community. And I can remember sitting down with Donna and we prayed and we talked and we prayed and we talked and we began to say, what does this mean? And we went, oh, it means everything. It means risking reputation and name and fortune, whatever fortune we had. And it, it meant, here's what it meant. It meant risking a steady paycheck. How many of you know how big that is? And it meant following Jesus with two little blonde-headed girls, being their provider, being their leader, but following the whisper of God. I'm so glad I didn't ignore his whisper. Are you? Are you? You're sitting here, you're like, well, I don't know. We're still kind of voting on it. Well, here we are 14 years later and 14 acres. And oh, that's kind of weird. Four, almost 14 acres, 14. I guess we need to buy another acre for next year. Huh? Two, two building campaigns. I don't know how many more I got in me. You know what I'm saying? But hey, if the Lord tarried and if this church would explode, we'd go for a third one, wouldn't we, church? But God whispers. And, and today I want you to look on the back of your notes. I want you to look there with me quickly. The whisper led life. The message truth. I'm not claiming a lot of this will be original out of my heart, but a lot's not. And I want to go ahead and say thank you, Bill Hybels. Bill Hybels impacted my heart in the 90s. Really the 80s and the early 90s in a profound way. And I'm thankful to him. There's over 12,000 Willow Creek churches across the globe bow to the Lord Jesus Christ. But we thank the one that believed in contemporary worship and styles of churches but listen to what he says. He, he wrote this new book, and I, I've got it on the very in the worship guide. It says, go buy it. It's a great read. How many of you like to read? Well, let somebody read it to you then. Okay, but get it. Here we go. Look at the message truth. If you lower the ambient noise of your life and listen expectantly for those whispers of God, your ears will hear them. You can discern divine direction by learning to test each whisper you receive. I don't know about you, but in my life, there's a lot of noise. A lot of gongs, a lot of gang, you know, just symbols and craziness and, and just things blowing and people, dogs barking and 
just wind blowing and, you know, people. And, I, I, you know, sometimes I get in my car and I love noise, but I love quietness. And sometimes I just, I just get in there and I, I just got to be quiet. I, I just got to wall up with my Jesus. Has anybody been there? I don't want the noise. But if you really want to hear the whispers of God, you can learn to hear the whispers of God in the midst of craziness and, and crowds. I've learned to do that. But I best hear the whisper of my God when I'm still, when I'm quiet, in the inner chamber of the heart. I pray that in the midst of worship services, week in and week out, you hear the whisper of God. I've had so many come to me and go, I had an impression, I had a prompting, I had a whisper. God shared this with me. God revealed this to me. You were preaching on this, but it said this to me. But thank you for being passionate about that passage and for getting me to go here. But then God did this in my heart. I got an email this past week from a young woman and just what Christ is doing in her. And man, it just encourages me. Every time somebody gives me a call or sends an email and lets me know what Christ is doing to frame your life because of the spoken word, because of a whisper from God, your pastor's encouraged. And the church said... And you're saying, well, I've never done that. Have you heard from God? Has he encouraged you to maybe encourage? How about your, your Bible teacher, your small group leader? Have you ever encouraged them from hearing from God? Have you encouraged your ABF leaders? Have you encouraged your student pastor from hearing from God? Students, novel thought. Hey, students, this is practical. Write it down. You students, I mean, students, raise your hands. All the students, raise your hands. Uh-huh, I'm talking to you. About 30 of you. Write it down. Man, we could even let Mark know we think he hears from God. Some of you are like, well, I think he hears, but I don't know who he hears from. He hears from God. Love this guy. But look at it, the, the whisper-led life. Listen to this little thing that Heibel said. Some little woman has shared it with him some years ago. And I like what it says. It says, oh, give me Samuel's ear and open ear, O Lord, alive and quick to hear each whisper of thy word, like him to answer to thy call and to obey thee first of all. All I know is today God wants to speak. We did that song that came out years ago, and we've done it. And, we just, and Jeff says, this word fits, this song fits for today, and it's called thematic. And he brought it back, word of God speak. I just believe today you'll look at some scriptures, and either today or this afternoon or this week, God will speak. How many of you have had God speak to you on a Thursday? It's not a trick question. How many of you had God speak to you on a Monday? That's funny. Different ones are like, speaks to me on Monday, speaks to me on Thursday. How many of you hear God speak on Sunday? Raise your hand. It's a little more overwhelming. It's a little scary. I hope God speaks to you all the time because you're preparing your heart to hear from him. Let's move to that. He speaks. He, he says in Proverbs 1.5, write this passage down. It's a great passage. He says, let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance. Let the discerning, those that know God, get direction from the Lord. In other words, we begin to focus on our listening. Do you remember in school when your teacher goes, you know, you're pretty sharp. You're saying, no, my teacher never said that. Okay, well, let's, let's say they did. Your teacher said, you know, you have lots of potential. You know you're in trouble when they say you have lots of potential. It means you haven't yet arrived, but you have some. But you need to focus on your listening set, your listening skills. You, have you ever noticed when you learn to listen, you do better? In, in marriage, do I have a witness? When you learn to listen to your spouse, things go better. And all the men said, he's right. And what do women say? The women said, preach it. Knew he ought to listen to me. Listen to me. 
But when we listen to God, it's amazing what happens. But if we don't lower that ambient noise, as Bill Heibel says, man, we never hear. Donna has this little devotional that she got from our friend Ray this summer. And yesterday, I just thought it was interesting that I'm preaching on the whisper led, the, the promptings, the whispers of God. It had this little devotional, but this one thing was here. The bells of heaven, as this one writer calls it, that we train ourselves to hear the bells of heaven. That if we will quieten ourselves, and I've just thought this morning, do you hear the bells of heaven? Have you heard the bells of heaven in your lifetime? Do you hear it consistently? If not, then maybe this message is for you. In Acts, I want you to open your Bibles to the ninth chapter of Acts. It's an amazing passage. It's monumental in church history. It's the, occur- it's the conversion of Saul that later became Paul. It's the man that we get 13 letters of the New Testament. It's the man that is the chief persecutor of the church. It's the man that approved that Stephen would be stoned. It's the man that killed and was a, a gospel terrorist in the end. He created riots. He went to communities and villages and he created stirs because he was eating Christians' lunch and he was having them even put to death and persecuted. He was a real Jew. He was a a citizen of Rome. He was a zealous persecutor, as I said. He persecuted the followers of the way. Christians in that day were called followers of the way. I'm reminded of the passage, John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father, but by me, Jesus is the way. Christians propagated their faith, but they were known as followers of the ways of God. And here he is, he, he, he would come against the followers of the way and he would say, sentence to death and you would be in prison and you would be chained. And In other words, Christians were uh, fearful of this man. They ran from him. And on the Damascus road, and I'm not going to give you all the verses, I'm going to try to give you the overview, but read Acts 9 today. But on the way there on the Damascus road, the light of heaven came down. And a manifestation of God, a brilliant light, the the brilliant glory of God. It fell on Saul, the persecutor. It came upon him in such a profound, powerful way that he didn't eat for three days. He he withdrew. He he just had to get alone. He he knew he'd been touched. And this, this power encounter, if you will, he had a power encounter with Jesus. And Jesus touched him. And, and I thought, how many times we have power encounters and how many times we don't have power encounters? Because we don't let Christ come near. And Christ came near that day. You see, my conversion is much like Saul's. I didn't have a brilliant light from heaven. I didn't have a manifestation like that. But I was walking hard and fast on the broad road towards sin. And Jesus Christ met me in my dorm room one winter night with nobody around. It was just Jesus. And he changed me that night. And my life did a 180 just automatically. It was just God. And I talked to so many people, they can't know Christ through their children's pastor or through a student or pastor or through their mom or dad or through a Bible school or through a camp or through a Bible study or through a neighbor. And I love that. Those are awesome. Or through a church service. But for me, it was just kind of this dramatic. It, it was like, you see, Saul had religion. He had education. But he got a relationship. Write that down. Saul had religion. Do you have religion or relationship today? Jesus is not interested in religion. He's interested in you knowing him and making him known to others. In verse 6, he says, get up and go. In verse 8 and 9, this blind comes down. But as he was blinded, I think there was a repentant reflection upon his life. 
He began to repent of the deeds of the flesh, the things that he'd done to Christians, the things that he'd done against the majesty of heaven. He repented. And I'm thinking in our own life, man, that is a word for us today. You call yourself a Christ follower of the way. You need to repent. There are things in your life that God calls you and I to turn from, to turn to him. And this repentant reflection of Saul was so profound. But if we're not quick or if we're not uh, slow to really read through the scriptures and study this, we just fly through it. And yet he comes to this guy, or the Lord does to a guy named Ananias, and he tells him, he goes, I want you to go to the house of Judas, and I want you to ask for this man Saul. Wait a minute, Lord. Now, you gave me an address, and you told me to go. And you want me, Lord, to go see Saul? Lord, have you not heard? He's the persecutor of the church. He's the one that's taking out Christians. Lord, do you not know? Huh? He's God. But he was so shaken that he was asked to go and to pray over this man, to touch, to be in the company, to be in the presence of Saul. And he's saying, man, maybe, maybe he's going to set me up. But you see, Ananias, let me tell you, he was a man that was in prayer time. Ananias was a man that prepared himself to hear God speak. Write that down somewhere. Are you a person that prepares yourself to hear God speak? Let me pick on the students right now. Our students, as y'all sit under the word of God on your own, as you sit under the word at your houses, as you sit under the word at church from here in the student center, do you prepare yourself to hear from God? Wait a minute. That's not rhetorical. Students, do you prepare yourself to hear from God? Say it like you mean it. Okay, Mark heard it. Adults, as I proclaim the word of the Lord week in and week out, do you prepare yourself to expect to hear from God? There you go. Yes. What does that mean? Change. It means we don't stay where we are. It means we, we become different. We become conformed to the image of Christ. Christ begins to transform. He begins to do something new. It's like we have this gift of hearing. I don't know about what y'all think about this, but God speaks to who God wants to speak to. He speaks to unbelievers. He spoke to Pharaoh. He spoke, he spoke to Nebuchadnezzar. But how he loves to speak to his kids. It is a privilege to hear from God. All right, let me ask you. Maybe this will get you. If you have a big decision to make, how many want to hear from God? If you have a career choice, do you want to hear from God? Carrie's giving up her kidney. You think she wanted to hear from God? I think so. Hey, you're going to change jobs. Do you want to hear from God? Uh-huh. Okay, let's get this one. You want to get married. How many people want to hear from God? Man, my passions are overrunning me, Pastor. It must be God. No, no, it might not be God. You want to hear from God, don't you? It, big decisions in life, we're like, okay, you're going to buy a house. You're going to buy a car. You're going, to, you're going to change whatever in your life. You want to hear from God? I'll just do it on my own. I am so smart. Yeah, we see where that got you. You want to hear from God. But you know what I'm trying to teach us? God wants to speak to us in little things. How many think that the Lord speaks in little things, that God cares? You know, God cares about everything. He cares about details. And I've met people over the years, which, you know, I, I, mean, I pray a lot, and I pray about a lot of things, but i got to be honest with you. I, I don't pray about this one, and, and maybe I should. I, I've met many people, they pray about what they're going to wear. And they go in the closet, and they go, Lord, and they just have a, a meeting with God. And some of you are like, there's no problem. I go in my closet, and i got four things, and I pick them out, and I wear them. And men, we go in there. I mean, how many times have I gone to my closet and picked it out? I have this color problem. And sometimes I pick out clothes like in the same hue. 
same shade, same color, somebody gets that. And, and my girls have taught me, Dad, that does not match. And you're not walking on stage like that, Dad. That, that looks tacky. And I'm so glad that it's not that they hear from God about how to dress their dad, but they know, like, Dad, you're, you're going to be a distraction this morning. How many of you are glad that they hear? Yeah, okay. But how about you? Do you hear, do you hear from God? I don't know what it is that you're going through, but you need to hear. There, there's, there's a situation. There's, there's a decision to be made. Are you hearing from God? Ananias, he heard from God. He didn't like what he heard from God because he had to go see Saul, who becomes the Apostle Paul, who we get in the New Testament. But benefits to hearing. I want you to write this down. This is bonus material, but this is helpful. Warnings. When you hear from God, please don't get cynical. Because when we get cynical toward the things of the Spirit, toward the things of God, we don't hear. Secondly, don't get angry with God. When you're angry with God, you're not sensitive to His voice. And can I be so honest? I've been angry with God before. And so have you. And to think that our God cannot handle your honesty is just ridiculous. When you're sad and you're broken and you're angry with God, make an honest confession to Him and let Him fix you. And the church said, yes, amen. You're like, no, uh, I couldn't tell God I'm angry with Him. Well, He already knows. You're not talking to Him. Some of you, a warning is you, don't, you can't believe that God would speak to you. You need to change that thinking even this morning and go, you mean God would speak to me? He certainly would. You're a child of His. He speaks. And the last warning, be aware or be sensitive to strong feelings. Strong feelings can get you in trouble. They're not always feelings that God leads us in. I think God uses our feelings. I think maybe He can even confirm some stuff, but primarily through His Word. But if you're just running off the feeling-led life, you're in trouble. 1 Kings chapter 19 Turn there with me. You know, you, you do a message like this, you, you, you've got you've to turn over to this section. 1 Samuel chapter 19. The Lord appears to Elijah. You know, and, and, and it's just an amazing passage, but let's look at a few. It says in verse 11, 19, 11, The Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. It was a great thing. God was passing by. He was coming near. And it says, And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart. It shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. And then he says, But after the wind was there, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And you're thinking, He wasn't in the wind? He wasn't in the earthquake? Listen to what it says. It says, After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. And then a voice said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Here's the principle, or here's what I want us to see. C.S. Lewis says that we hear God best when he shouts in our pain. But I really believe that God loves to speak softly. Have you ever noticed when somebody lowers their voice? And if you really care to hear, you do something. You lean in. Because you see, if I had the ability, I would carry a remote in my back pocket. And I'd point to heaven and I'd make sure I could hear it. Or to hear some of you sometimes. Maybe they're talking about Pastor Keith. I want to hear. Oh, I hear. But when I hear God, he speaks primarily in a gentle, soft. The sheep know the voice of God. Have you leaned in lately to the voice of Him? To hear? To hear the direction, the leadership of heaven? 
the leadership of the Holy Spirit. But I think you have to learn to quieten yourself. And even right now, it's really gotten soft in here. We've just created a, an environment of maybe hearing. I'm praying today the Lord is going to speak through Acts. I'm praying He's going to speak through Kings. I pray He'll speak through the Psalm. I pray He'll speak to some verse, some way to your life. But you'll lean into the small, still voice of God. Impressions. They're produced by a number of sources. Let me get, I want you to write this down. Impressions are produced by a number of sources. Let me tell you primarily. Impressions come from God. But they're not exclusive to God. Impressions can also come from Satan. They can come from angels. They can come from demons. They can come from human emotions. Yes, women, they can come from hormonal imbalances. And all the women said, yes. Insomnia. Medications. All kind of things can give us inner anxiety, inner feelings. But we get our ears open in dramatic ways when we learn to listen to God. We obey the promptings of God. I want you to write this in. Whispers can be dangerous things because they, it alters the direction of our life sometimes. For this fellowship, it's my story, so I tell my story. It altered my life, and it's literally altered thousands over 14 years to be a part of the community called Christ Community Believers of Faith that love the Lord Jesus. Today, people have heard the whisper of God. They, they followed Christ in baptism. It alters the direction of their life. Listen to Revelation 2.7. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to eat from the tree of life, which is the paradise of God. Y'all, that is my goal, is to get you to the paradise, to get you to the eternal kingdom of God, to sit down at the Lamb's table, the Lamb's banquet, and you sit with Jesus Christ. That is my goal. There's a destination in mind that you'll go to heaven, you'll be secure. But in this life, you will live the outrageous, full, abundant, joyful life in the Savior. And so God says, I'll whisper to you. I'll lead. You, you learn to discern. You learn to test. I want you to really write this. If you don't get another word today, I want you to write this word above the word whisper. Test. Test every whisper you get. It could be a whisper from heaven, from God. It could be a whisper from one of these other things we talked about. But I pray that God is whispering and we're learning to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit as he speaks to us. Let's look at some uh, key filters here today. You want to fill this in. Ask God if the prompting you received is truly from Him. Just ask the Lord. He says, you have not because you ask not. God, I want to know, is this from you? I want to run this through the filter. And there's five filters I'm going to ask me and you to begin to use in a profound way and we can be assured that we hear from God. God loves to extend Himself to humanity. But we need to ask, God, is this whisper from you? Because there's other voices and we want to hear the voice of the shepherd. Number two. Ask, and this is critical, I want you to star this. Ask if it aligns with Scripture. Is it congruent with the Word of God? If it ever contradicts the Word of God, I promise you that whisper is not from God. And the church said, Amen. Align it. Make it consistent. God will not violate Himself. He will not contradict Himself. He is truth. Jesus Christ is the embodiment of truth. And Christ wants to give you and I truth. So align your whispers with Scripture. I want to say some more things about this because I think it's... Uh, you see, sometimes people do absurd things and they say God told them it is not God. They're like, well, I knew that. I'm just asking them, you know, do they have a filter? I mean, the man who looks intently into the law, says James, discovers freedom. 
You, you look into the law, you look into the scriptures, and you begin to find the freedom of God. In Galatians 5, verses 16 through 26, let's turn there. Galatians chapter 5, 16 through 26, just write it out. This is a long passage, but I want to just give you a couple of key verses here. In verse 16, so I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. Live, be rooted, know be submitted to the Holy Spirit. But look down there at verse 25. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Oh God, may the Spirit speak to the church. May we stay in consistency and congruency. May we be aligned with you and just begin to walk out. We get quiet. We listen. We allow your Holy Spirit to speak. We allow you to govern us, to to give direction to our life. Oh Lord, Speak. Make, make it consistent. Psalm 119.105. Listen to the psalmist. Your word, O Lord, is a lamp to my feet. It is a light for my path. It makes known the direction. It, 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 it illuminates. It shows. It reflects. This is God's way. Walk in it, says Isaiah. Not to the right. Not to the left. Walk in the ways of God. God, give me your word. God, give the word to everybody that hears my voice today. Oh, God, give us leadership. Give us direction. When spirit and pulses come, here it is. I'm back to that word. Test it. Test it by the word of God. There, there's an inner light. There's an inner revelation that comes with these promptings, and God wants to speak. Personal guidance. Look at the third thing. Ask if it is wise. When you get an impression, just ask. Is this the wise thing to do? It's a great question. Is this the wise thing to do? Somebody could ask the question and go, is this wise? I don't even have to ask God. This is just stupid. And I'm convinced today a lot of people would be in a lot less trouble if they asked God, God, is this wise? Is this wisdom? Is this inconsistency with your word? God, is this what I should do as a Christ follower? Here, here's one. Jesus, would I see you doing this? I don't think so. Well, then don't do it. But Lord, I have an impression. I have a prompting. Well, Lord, I I want to learn to test. I want to know if it's wise. Here it is. Let me be as practical as I can. Because we live in a time of recession and people talk to me about money all the time. If you don't live sticking to a budget, you get in, fill in the blank, (laughs) debt. That was good. That was not the word I was thinking, but y'all were very quick, debt. If you don't live according to the budget, you get into, that's the one I was thinking, trouble. If you don't live according to the budget, you get into incarceration, prison, stupidity, uh, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And hey, you're saying He's talking about me. He shouldn't be doing that. No, no, no. I want to. I love you. I, I want to help you. I'm just saying, if we stick to what God's given us in the light, we are victorious. You know what I'm saying? When God speaks to you, we need to do that. The last thing God told you to do, do it. So God, we, we want to follow your ways. And God, if we do that, it'll prove uh, like, here we go. Uh, I wasn't going to do this, but like, uh, I, we'll let you fill it in. If your athletic team is doing pretty good, and, and, and they're winning. Do, do you abandon your playbook? Do you abandon what got you there? And you go, I want to run a new offense. You're going, that impression is from the pit of hell. Where is it? I want to go talk to it. No. I mean, we know if you're this one team, you're like, no. Now, if your team is not on track, you'll go, I don't know who they're listening to. Must be they're listening. That's that demon team. I knew they weren't listening to God. No, I, you know, I, I don't know that God really cares who wins and loses. I mean, I, I've been a chaplain for multiple teams, and, and people like they would blame it on me. Pastor, it's your fault we lost. My fault! I did not play one play. 
I know, but you're our spiritual advisor. Like, let me tell you, when, when I was the spiritual chaplain for Lee, and, and I got to lead a lot of students to Jesus, that was cool. But I remember they would be pressing. In, in the last game that I was chaplain for, we, we lost the Super 6 championship in overtime. I mean, it was, I mean, we, we got there, but we choked. Okay, All right, but here, during the games that season, coach would send me to the end zone when they were driving. Now, like, I'm this big, ferocious man. Like, there's a wall that can't go through. And everybody goes, Keith, go down there and pray. We always do better when you go down there and pray. You know, and for whatever reason, I would get so moved and so motivated. I'd run down there and I'd be cheering and praying and, you know, casting out demons and everything, you know. And I was praying, you know. Uh, you know, and you're like, and you're like, what was the other chaplain? Well, he was over here sipping a Coca-Cola. No, I, I don't know. But here's the deal. Our God's mighty at any church. And he listens to us. Or more than that, we ought to listen to him when he speaks. So God, speak. Uh, is it wise? Look at the fourth one. Ask if it's in tune with the character or wiring of who you are. Is this consistent with who I am? If it's totally different from who you are, the way God's made you, you need to ask yourself. Like, if you said, I want to do this with my life. Like, I, I, I want to be a musician. Oh, here it is, y'all. And I do. I love music. I have an impression I need to be the worship leader of Christ community. Well, the, yeah, Jeff, don't worry. Your job is secure, bro. The, 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 the first thing would be, do you have any musical inclinations? No. Do you play any musical instruments? No. What do you play? The radio. You know what I'm saying? I mean, hey, so for me to get an impression, David, I mean, wouldn't it be crazy if I said, I feel led to be the worship leader because I got an impression. You're like, you just had a bad taco last night. I don't know what it was, but you did not hear from God. You see what I'm saying? But sometimes people do some of the dumbest things. It's absurd, and they need to run it through the filter. You, you see what I'm trying to say? Primary is the word. Primary is you test it. And then let's look at the fifth one. Man, this is fifth. Ask what those that you most trust think of the whisper you've received. A trusted confidant, a trusted friend. What do they think? Do they think it's like... When you're going to make a major decision, take time to rest and to heal and to hear and to follow. You know when people die, their spouse dies, you know they advise you not to do any major decisions with at least a year to two years because you're susceptible to making dumb decisions. And you begin to ask people that trust you like, when I've made decisions, really big ones, I'll go and I'll, I'll run it by some people like, you know, I, I want to filter this through you. You know me well. You know you know my weaknesses, you know my strengths, you know you're down the road farther on this area, could you help me? And they're like, you know, I, I think it's very consistent with who you are. Or they're like, are you kidding me? You, you, you have no ability, no gifting. I, I don't think you heard from God. I think you want to go back. Listen, listen to Proverbs eleven fourteen. Let me build this case biblically. For a lack of guidance, a nation falls, but many advisors make victory sure. There's safety in a multitude of counselors, of advisors. When you're making decisions in life, when you're testing the, the whispers of God, you trust those closest to you, and they will help confirm a decision. Godly counsel tests is what we call it. You find mature Christ followers who know you, and they help you. They help guide you. You take time to reevaluate. You subject your promptings to the Holy Spirit and say, God, what do you want to do? Now, sometimes the gift of prophecy, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, he speaks about that. That's not the intention of this verse, but I will say prophecy is for today, and God will use others to speak into your life. And do you believe that? 
I've had so many people speak into my life and it encourages me. It gives me greater sensitivity to hear from heaven. And some people are just totally wigged out and scared by that. But I just implore you to study the scriptures of God and say, God, what do you say? You admire somebody else's walk, you ought to ask them, how did you get there? How are you making these kind of decisions? And they'll probably say, well, it started with, I took time out to hear from God and I got away from the world. So the message is repeated all the time. It's like, uh, let, me, let me say this. I think this will help you. Have you ever had a message that you think God whispered to you? But you started hearing that message a lot. Like you heard it from the platform and God began to say something. You turned on faith radio and God said it through your favorite Bible speaker or somebody else. Then your wife or your husband came home and they gave you a scripture. And it was on the very thing you were going through. And then you went and your best friend said something in your life and it spoke to that situation. Then you went to small group and then somebody gave you a book on the subject. In other words, God is trying every way he can to get your attention. And you ain't getting it. God whispers. The whisper led life. It's always submitted to the word of God. The word is primary. So we hear from heaven. I could go for another hour, but I'm not. I just want to give you this verse. Job 33, verse 16 from the New Living Translation. He whispers in their ears. And he terrifies them with their warnings. You ought to read the whole passage, but it says there in that translation, it says he whispers in their ears. Like Elijah, he whispered. Like us, he whispers. God, whisper to your church. God, help us to hear from you. I, I don't know what's happened this morning. Um, man, I, I, seriously, I have a lot more to preach, and I'm at the end of the time, and I've even run over a little time, but I, but I want to do this. I, I'm, I'm just going to take a little liberty today, just a few minutes. Jeff, would, would you come quickly, you, the team, you and Mo? Because this message is heartfelt, it's spirit-led, it's spirit-infused. And, and there's been a lot of activity. I can't tell you how many people got up. Can, can, can I just say this off the cuff? Will you do your best to stay in your seat? And the church said, when, and the church said, I, I can't explain to y'all what happens. There, there's so much movement in here today. It's been very tough. I know it's, I know it's Children's Sunday. I want, I want to implore you as parents, would you teach your kids to sit with you or to sit still? Okay? You're saying Wow, he just rebuked us. I just got to tell you, it's very hard when you're ADD like I am and you're extremely focused. But, man, the activity in here today, very hard to hear from God. Now, I want you to do this. I don't want anybody to get up, okay? I want you to pull the lights down. Can you do that quickly? Can you, uh, can, can you bring the team back in where it just feels like redemption? Well, y'all, y'all just get up there and just play that, and we'll close out with that. But here's what I want to do. I want to open this altar up for the next, next few minutes. Some of you, I haven't done this in so long. I don't know how. We used to be such an altar church and somehow gotten away from the, one of the most sacred things that God's created, His holy altar. Right now, I, I want to invite people to come out from your chairs and kneel at this altar and make it the altar of God. I want you to lock onto the horns. Ask God to speak to you. Ask Him to change you. He's whispered to you. I just sense right now, we just need some old-fashioned altar time for the next three, four, five minutes, okay? Would some of you just begin to come? Come. Just begin to fill this holy altar and ask God to whisper. If y'all could just play that for a little bit and then take us into the course of that softly. I'm just going to let God speak. Feels like redemption. 